And we'll start in verse 14, 4, verse 4, sorry, I almost said 14, verse 4, and we'll go all the way through, um, well, let's just see, we're not sure how far we're going to get. We, we might make it through all the way through verse 15, but we'll start in for, verse 4. This, uh, to kind of just give you some context, uh, Jesus has, in his earthly ministry, has gone around and doing miracles left and right, stirring things up, speaking words that no man has ever spoken before, and he's upsetting a lot of people. And uh, he is claiming to be the Son of God, and he's backing it up with miracles that people cannot. Uh, they may not know how to explain it, but they don't believe he did it. He think They think it's a work of Satan or... Just, he's fooling everyone. And so last week we saw that uh, there were a few ladies that joined the disciples. Anybody remember those ladies? Mary Magdalene, number two, Joanna. Remember her wife? Her, uh, she was the wife of Cusa, the Louisiana man. Cusa, number two. And then third but not least was Susanna, sweet Susanna that uh, is really anonymous follower of the Lord. And those ladies God used to greatly enhance the ministry of the Lord Jesus. And now we come to the parable of the sower in verse 4. And let's just we'll start off verses 4 through 8. And then we'll try to hash it out together, okay? If you're with me, say, summer. All right, verse 4. And when a great crowd was gathering... And people from town after town came to him. He said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. And the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock. And as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Okay. And then, so here's the parable. Now in verse 9 through 15, the Lord is going to kind of hash it out. He's going to explain it a little bit. Now Jesus taught in parables all the time. And he frustrated the disciples, he frustrated a lot of people because he was speaking these parables because he knew that uh, he wanted people to actually think about uh, his teaching. He wanted them to wrestle with it, he wanted them to uh, not just be a shallow listener. And so he would speak in parables. And he knew that only the people who were paying attention, the people whose hearts were ready to receive a message, would get it. And he was okay with that. And so in this passage, there's there's some symbolism here. And so, let's just let the Lord explain the parable and then we'll come back and and try to look at other things. Verse 9. 
when his disciples asked him what this parable meant. By the way, if you're one of those disciples, great, th- great question, right? Lord, what in the world are you talking about? What is going on? Verse 10, he said to you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables. So that seeing, they may not see. And hearing, they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. You get that? What is the seed in the passage? You tell me. The Word of God. That's very important. That would be Genesis through Revelation. The written Word of God. Verse 12. The ones along the path are those who have heard. And the devil comes and takes away the Word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Verse 13. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the Word, Receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, they fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast. In an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. Wow. I would say that this is a little bit of a difficult passage. It seems like it's great, you know, it's a, oh, it's a great little Sunday school lesson here about the parable of the sower, but there's some strong words that the Lord is teaching here. And to sum it up, this, this whole section is really not about the preacher. It's really not even about the Word, but it's about the people receiving the Word of God. That's what it's about. It's about people receiving the Word of God. It's really about four types of people. And according to this parable, only one in four are going to get it. And so that's just real encouraging to the preacher this morning, that only one in four out of all the people are going to hear and receive it and let it change their lives. Think about that. One in four. I did a little study on one in four people. One out of every four Americans thinks that the sun goes around the earth. One out of every four. The truth is, is that what? We go around the sun. One out of every four Americans' garage is so cluttered that they cannot fit their car in it. Anybody? I would bet that 25% at least, Walter's in the back raising his hand. One out of every four Americans will die from cancer. How many of us in our own families? I mean, I think everybody in my family has passed away because of cancer. One out of every four Americans will die of a death related to tobacco use. Well, this is not good news. Now, I threw that one in there but just because I needed one more. Okay, One out of every four Americans will lose, at some time in their life, all of their savings. All of their money, they will lose it. So don't put your stock in that, friend. 
most of us don't have any savings anyway, so we're good. This is funny. The last one. Scientists say that one out of every four people are crazy. Seriously. One out of every four are crazy. So I was thinking about that. If you go check with three of your friends... And all three of them are not. Congratulations. You're the one. It's okay. The Lord loves crazy people too. And I always say all of our, our uh, most people's families are crazy. So if you're thinking, man, my family's messed up. We're just, we're crazy. Hey, you are just like everybody else. And if you're in here saying, my family's not crazy. Look out. One in four. One in four will listen and they will receive the Word of God. John Piper, popular preacher, theologian, says that the problem is not in the method of communication, but the problem is in the human heart. And that is so true. I cannot tell you how many Sundays, it's almost every single Sunday or during the week, I have people say, Pastor, you have some kind of like intelligent software, you're like getting to my email address and you're reading my mail or you're checking my mailbox. And I'm like, friend, I'm not reading your mail, nor do I care to read your mail. Well, you just spoke right to me or you just, you know, God's, that message was so timely for my life and I'm thinking, I have nothing to do with that. The Word of God is always on time. And it's alive. It's alive. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the Word of the Lord will endure forever. If you'll notice, I was looking through this passage, and the word here, here, everybody say here, it's used nine times. Nine times. I was reminded of Romans chapter 10. So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the Word of Christ. Faith comes through hearing. Now, as you're listening right now, there's a battle going on. Some of you are asleep. You wake up. Some of you are distracted. Some of you are distracted or worried or concerned about things. And friend, I want to warn you, be careful. In fact, let's, let's look at these different kinds of soils. So the seed is the Word of God. We have that established. The seed equals the Word of God. And the Word is like seed. When, when you plant a seed, maybe you're going to plant some peppers in your backyard or something, and you, and you plant a seed, and that seed does what seeds do and produces a plant and it grows when it's watered and it's nourished, that little seed, little tiny seed, it contains what? Life. And I think that's why God used seed to illustrate the Word. Because God's Word is living and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It has the power to demolish strongholds. So, the Word is the seed. Now, the word sower, this is interesting. The word sower is used only once. Only once. 
is the word sower used. So the focus of this whole parable in this passage is on the soil, which is the people, types of people, and on the Word of God. In other words, it's not about the sower. It doesn't matter who is sharing the message, who is the mouthpiece that's up on stage or in your Sunday school class. It's not about the teacher, but it's about the Word of God getting to your heart. And sometimes we are so distracted by who is sharing the message that we miss God's message. Now, God can use people's personalities and their, uh, in spite of their flesh, God can speak. God can speak through a donkey in the Old Testament. He can speak through anybody. That gives me great hope as a pastor. But it's not about the messenger. It's not about who's bringing the message. It's about the one sending the message. And that's the Lord. Because He's the one that loves you. He's the one that has a plan for your life. He's the one that works all things together for the good for those that love Him. Four soils. Various kinds of people. And by the way, what are the birds? Who do they represent? Satan. The enemy. So let's look at these four soils. Number one, the trampled path soil. Look at verse 4. Well, no, I'm sorry. Verse 5. Some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot. Now, these people, they heard the word. And the devil comes and he steals it. Today, some people will not get out of the room. Church, hear me. Some people will not get out of the room before the enemy has stolen the seeds away from your heart and from your mind. Won't even make it out of the room. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. He is a punk, and so are his minions. He is a liar, and he's very real and active in this county. I've faced his minions many times this week, and you probably have as well. And he is so upset and nervous about what God's doing in this church. Can I just say that? He's nervous, shaking in his boots. I hope he's read the book of Revelations. I'm sure he has. So there's the trampled past soil. Number two, the rocky soil. The rocky soil. These are people that, uh, verse 13 says that they're the ones on the rock And when they hear the Word, now look, all four of these people are going to hear the Word. They're going to hear it. But it's how they respond to it is what the Lord's trying to get across. This soil hears and it it joyfully receives the Word. Isn't that amazing? Joyfully hears the Word. But these have no root. They have no root. They believe for a while... In a time of testing, they fall away. In other words, they just want uh, to hear the one lame joke the pastor shares. They just want to be, their ears to be tickled just a little bit. Be entertained just a little bit. Uh, They want to hear about how if you place all your Skittles in the hand of God, then He'll create all these rainbows in your life. 
They just want to hear, man, if you'll take all of your lemons in life and put them in God's blender, He'll give you the most awesome lemonade milkshake you've ever had. That's this type of soil. Oh, I want to hear about my best life now. I want to hear about what I can get out of life and how I can be satisfied and and what's in it for me. Because their life evolves around themselves. And sadly, that's many of us in the church. That's this kind of soil. It's rocky soil. They're they're fair-weather Christians. Fair-weather. They hear it with joy until the storm comes. And then they're nowhere to be found. It's not real faith. It's fake. It's artificial. It's just good feelings in church. They hear the Word. They receive it with joy. Man, yeah, that sounds good. But whenever they go to apply it to their life, if it doesn't fit with their life and their schedule, our life and our schedule, then we tune it out. Oh, I don't... I'll just kind of forget about that. That didn't work out with my schedule. Take up your cross and follow me. What? That didn't work out today, Lord. I got to do something else. I have these people who need to hear the gospel. I'm sending you to go take it to them. Lord, I have other plans. Lord, you didn't check my calendar. You you know all things. You didn't see my calendar? Because they hear the word, but they're just a shallow listener. Man, if I can just make it to church and I can sit down, I can just have some time away from my children, that's a positive thing. And I can have some sanity and I can sit here and hear some music and I can just, ooh, man, this is my time. And I'm going to hear the Word and it might make me feel good, it might make me feel bad. But a shallow listener is what this kind of soil is. In other words, what did the Lord say about this type of soil? That what? The moisture, isn't that what he said? The moisture couldn't get down deep because of the rocks. It's because the people that hear this, hear the words of the Lord, they don't let it, they don't wrestle with it. They don't let it get down into the bones. It just comes in this ear and out the other. It's just fleeting. It's just shallow. It's weak. It's not a heart that came ready to hear the word of God. People expect the preacher to be prepared. But we don't think about the listeners being prepared, do we? And we all struggle with that. Man, we should, over the weekend, we need to be preparing our heart to hear the Word of God. We need to come clean and ready and repentant to hear the Word of God, to hear what God has to say to us. And this is easy to say, but it's hard to do, friend. It, it, it takes work to listen and hear the Word of God, doesn't it? I mean, it takes focus and endurance to, to, to hone in on what God is saying through His Word. Because the Word hurts. I mean, it stings. I mean, have you guys had a quiet time lately? And you read the Word? That's why so many people don't want to do, read the Bible in their quiet time. Oh man, let's go get a devotional from Lifeway. Let's, let's go see, let's go find some cool thing that really trendy and fits with my life. And let's... Let's, you know, let's read one verse of the Bible, then let's set that aside. Why? Because it hurts. It's like a hammer, the Old Testament says about the Word of God. A hammer knocking on the hard heart. Number three, this soil is 
I call it among the, the thorns soil. And the Lord interprets it for us in verse 14. He says, For what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, now notice, they hear it too. And they even might want to receive it. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and the riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. Wow. So they've heard it, but it's choked out. Right now, this morning, as you're hearing the Word of God, what are you worried about? And whatever you're worried about right now can distract you from hearing the Word of God. No matter how much you want to hear it, what are you worried about? Be careful. It'll choke you out. It'll choke you out from hearing the Word of God. What are you focused on? Maybe right now, as you're sitting through a sermon, you're, you're thinking about some pleasure. Some, some, and by the way, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It can be a great thing. It can be something good and profitable and wonderful that God created for His people to enjoy. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. The enemy can distract us with good things. But maybe you're struggling to, in the message, you're focused right now on something else, some other pleasure. That's what the, the Scripture says. The cares and the riches. How are you going to spend your money? And the pleasures of life. And the Lord says that their fruit does not mature. It doesn't mature. I would say it's probably going to rot. Their fruit's not going to do much. Nobody's going to want to buy that fruit at the fruit stand. I had a joke about the fruit cake, but I'm not going to share it. It just popped in my brain and it left quickly. So right now, are you focused on some pleasure? Are you focused on something else? Are you distracted and not hearing the Word of God? I mean, to hear the Word, it takes focus. Have you ever been sitting in a, a, a sermon, hearing a sermon on a Sunday morning, and you start thinking about coffee when you didn't have your coffee? I mean, that is a battle. I'm serious. It, is a, it can be a real struggle. Now, to all you people who hate coffee, you don't get it. You don't understand that. You have your other stuff too. Diet Coke or Dr. Pepper or whatever. But it takes focus to hear the Word of God. So I want to challenge all of us. When we come and we, we crack open the Word, we need to come ready. Not ready to hear a man. Not ready when you go to your Sunday school class. Uh, not to hear your teacher. Hear what they have to say. Hear the Word of God. Hear the Word of God. It's powerful. It works. It's relevant. And lastly, you see the good soil. Number four, the good soil that the Lord talks about. The interpretation for this is found in verse 15. As for that, in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the Word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Bear fruit with patience. Their heart, the Scripture says that it's, it's when they hear the Word, they hold fast to the Word, they cling tight to it, they adore it, they revere it, they want it, and their heart is ready. Their heart is good. 
their heart is honest. It means that they come bare. They come open. They come ready. They're not hiding anything. Uh, Their heart's honest before the Lord. By the way, the Lord knows all things. I don't know why we try to hide things from Him. He sees it all. And yet, here's your encouragement. He understands. He understands why you act the way you do. He understands why you think the way you do. He understands the, the terrible heartache that you have had to endure years and years and years because of this and this and this. The Lord understands all of that. So if you're looking for somebody to understand you, to get you, He does. And yet, even though He knows your filth, He knows your sin, the Bible says He loves you. The book of Romans says, While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And He died on the cross to purchase oceans of grace, to be the substitute for sin. Something has to pay for our sin. Why? Because God is a holy God. He's holy. He's that means he's different. He operates in a whole other realm. He's outside of time. So the good soil, notice what it says in verse 8. It, some of the seed it fell into good soil, grew and yielded a hundredfold. A hundredfold. It's very rare to hear a farmer talk about a crop coming back a hundredfold. It's a very rare thing. Mark chapter 4, verse 8, about the same passage, same parable. He says that it increased 30-fold, and then 60-fold, and then 100-fold. Now, a good crop is normally, it ranged from 5-fold to 15-fold. 10-fold is considered a good, very good crop. And there are a few occasions in history where we've seen a crop yield a 100-fold. It's a lot. It's a supernatural act. It's a, it's a blessing of God. In the Old Testament, when it happened, it was a big deal. Genesis 26 with Isaac. It says, Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And then the Scripture says, the Lord blessed him. So the Lord is the one that grows the seed. Most often it's the Lord that waters the seed and feeds the seed. Sometimes He'll use us to water it. But He's the one that causes the sun to shine. And then, it's so interesting, at the end of the parable, in verse 8, He says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And let that be said of us, that we will hear the Word of the Lord. The Lord gave a message to the church of Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3. It says, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot, so then because you are lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing. And yet you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, Poor, blind, and naked. The Lord has some strong words for that church. He said, I wish you were hot or cold. He said, don't be lukewarm. If you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out. You're not real. You're not mine. 
the problem in America is that the church doesn't act like the church. The church is full of hypocrites. The church is full of people who want to be tickled with the ears and come and put on their Sunday best and act like they have it all together. And the Lord sees it all the while. He's given us clear commands. The command is to go and make disciples of all nations. That's what Christians do. They care about all people, no matter who they are, what background they come from, no matter what struggles they have in their life, the Lord loves them and wants them to come to repent of their sins and receive Him as their Lord, to have a relationship with Him, not a religion, not a man-made set of rules and uh, circumstances and strategies, but to take up a relationship with the living God. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9, right after uh, Isaiah said, Lord, here I am, send me. Here I am, Lord, send me. God told him, he said, go and say to this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. What? You know Isaiah probably said, Lord, I finally said, here I am, send me. And you're telling me to go take this message? Oh man, I shouldn't have said, here I am, send me. That was a bad idea. I shouldn't have signed up for this, Lord. In other words, what, what was that about? The Word of God does two things, friends. As we get ready to close, I want you to focus on this. It does two things. It either softens your heart, or it hardens your heart. One or the other. Your heart is either being softened by the Word of God or your heart is getting more hard. Two things. It can soften, it can break chains, it can woo hearts, it can encourage the discouraged. Or number two, it can harden your heart. And then all throughout the Word of God, when the Word of God hardens the heart, what it is doing, it is bringing judgment. It is bringing judgment on that heart. Wow. That's one of two things is happening right now. The Word of God is softening your heart or it's hardening your heart. Friend, if your heart is hard, I want to invite you to lay down your small plans for your life. Maybe you don't know all that you want to know about the living God. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever would believe in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. And then the verse after that that we don't often quote says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I'm the life. I'm the life. Maybe you'll leave this service and you, you know, you're not ready to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're, maybe you're not ready to, to fully be all in with following Jesus because maybe you want to learn a little more. I want to encourage you. Be open-minded. Be open-minded not so open-minded that your brain falls out, but be open-minded about the things of God. 
If you seek the truth, don't seek a denomination, don't seek certain churches. If you seek the truth, I believe with all my heart you'll find it. You'll find it and you'll have no doubt. God doesn't want you to, to not find it. If you seek the truth, He'll show you. He'll show you His power. He'll show you how real He is. He'll so work things out in your life and you'll think, there's no way this is coincidence. Absolutely no way. He's alive. And I don't know why, why did God choose faith to activate it all? I don't know. I get frustrated by that sometimes. My children, trying to teach them about the Lord. Well, Adeline, my little girl, will say, well, where is Jesus? I say, well, He's here. I don't see Him. I want to see Him. We go into His house. I say, well, you don't see the wind. But look at the trees. See the palms swaying? Look at the water. Look how the wind is blowing the water. You feel the wind? Yeah, but I don't see it exactly. The Lord Jesus could come to send from heaven, come through the clouds and stand right here on the stage. And even so, some people still would not believe. It takes faith. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. Let's pray.